So this morning, we uh, have come together, and um, there's, we have our women's retreat, and I know they've had a wonderful time at Shaco Springs, and they're wrapping that up this morning, so some of our ladies are not here with us uh, in, the, in the body, they're in the spirit, of course, um, but we'll try to catch them up to this, because this is real important what's about to happen in the life of our church. So a couple of years ago, you may remember that we kind of went into a quasi-sort of campaign. It was a one-year kind of commitment called a new day. Does anybody remember that? Raise your hands, Michelle. Um, we are, but we said at that time that we're about to go into, that, that we're going to go into a three-year campaign, and that's what we're about to do. Um, we've assembled a team of folks to begin working on this. We've been working on this for about three or four months already. I'd like for that team, if you would, just come and stand with me up here. Those that are here, we do have a lot that are out. Um, but if you're here, just come on up. Just stand around. I'm not going to make you say anything. Y'all can spread out. Y'all can get up here too. Um, so we have some more that, like I said, are on the ladies' retreat and some others. And if you want to get on the team, there's room for you. Right? Right, team? And um, so we'd love to have you. We've been praying together. We've been even getting on, a, on, on kind of a prayer journal together for 40 days. We're expecting God to do great things. We're expecting God to do more than we could ask or imagine. This is, a, this is a hard time for the preacher because we already get blamed for what? All you do is talk about money, right? Quote, unquote. Like, really, seriously, I don't know if I've talked about money this year, okay? I'm about to talk about money, okay? But here's the truth. God talks a lot about money problem is sometimes we don't want to hear what God has to say about it because we're not being faithful in that area. And there's some things that have happened in our church and God has given this church a big responsibility, a big responsibility. Who in here thinks they know how old this church is? Raise your hand if you do. How old is this church? Here. 1844, how many ever years that is? It's 178 years, okay? We're looking at 180 years of this church being on this place. God gave us a new name about four and a half years ago. God's done some amazing things in the past. Do you think God wants to do amazing things in the future? I do. I think God says literally in Scripture that he will do more than we can ask or imagine. There's this huge faithfulness that we have to participate in on our side. So everybody do this. I'm going to teach you something real quick as we go through this. Hold your hands out. Clench your fist in front of you like you're riding a bike. You know, you're, you're hanging on there. It's important when you're riding a bike to hold it like this. But you know what? This is not a good posture when it comes to those things that God has blessed you with. Because what we tend to do is we tend to squeeze on those things. 
We think it's about us. We think it's about us owning what we have. And I want you to let it, I just want to let you know, if you follow Jesus, you own nothing. Did you hear me? If you follow Jesus, you own nothing, not the shoes on your feet, not the car you drive, not the house, the bed you sleep in. You own nothing. Seriously, the word doulos in the New Testament is I am a slave to Christ. It is all his. So I want you to do something with me. I want you to turn your hands. And as you turn your hands, I want you to open your hands. This is the posture that we take with God. Everything is his. He puts in and takes out as he wants to. I've been reading some things and praying through some things. I'm about to read a scripture to you, but I want us to begin to pray God-sized things. I think one problem with Mount Hebron Baptist Church and one problem with Crossroads Community Church over the years is we've prayed like this with the amount of things we can control instead of saying, God, whatever you want, however big you want it, however small you want it, how much you want us to make, do the ministry that you've called us to. It's all his, amen? We haven't said specific things. God put on something on my heart early in this process, like 10 years ago. You can put your hands down. And that is seriously the number, you ready? $1.25 million. Clint, I know you're just gonna come write a check right now. But Clint, what if, what if God said, Clint, you're gonna find this money. You're gonna do this thing. You're gonna make a connection somewhere and that connection is gonna do something and God's gonna weave all these things together in his will and his way and $1.25 million at one time is gonna come into this church. God wants to do more than we could ask or imagine. So, when people come and talk to you about, wait, your money? Remember, it's not yours, it's his. I hope you believe that. I hope you understand the conviction that it's all his. When we have a meeting to celebrate and get together about what it looks like for us as a church and how we can sacrificially give, the Lord may put a number on your heart and you go, God, I, that ain't gonna happen. If God puts a number on your heart, I wanna encourage you to go, God, I don't know how to do that, but, but if you tell me to do it, we'll do it. We'll figure it out. You tell me how to do it. Listen to this scripture in Chronicles. Then King David said to all the assembly, my son Solomon, God has chosen him alone, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because the building will not be built for humans, but for the Lord God. So to the best of my ability, I've made provision for the house of my God. Gold for the gold articles, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, and wood for the wood, as well as onyx, Stones for mounting, adamantium, no, and, I'm sorry, antimony, stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones, and great quantity of marble. Moreover, because of my delight in the house of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the house of my God 
over and above all that I've provided for the holy house, 100 tons of gold. By the way, I don't have 100 tons of gold, okay? And 250 tons of refined silver, don't have that either. For overlaying the walls of the building and the gold, for the gold work and the silver for the silver, for all the work will be done by the craftsmen. You ready? Now who will volunteer to consecrate himself to the Lord today? Here's what happens. Then the leaders of the household and the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of the thousands and hundreds, the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. For the service of God's house, they gave 185 tons of gold and 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, and 4,000 tons of iron. Whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the Lord's house under the care of Jehael the Gershmite. Then the people rejoiced because their leaders willingly gave, for they had given to the Lord wholeheartedly. King David rejoiced greatly. It will take all of us to do what God has called us to do. Is it about a nice building? No. Is it about God's house? We've used that phrase a lot. I hope that God's house is your heart. And when we corporately come together, guess what, he's here. That's what scripture says. But you know what we're doing here? We're being stewards with what he's given to us. We're making this a missional outpost in a dark and desolate world that needs Jesus. God, I believe, is just getting started with Crossroads Community Church. The New Day, the campaign, all these things is another great opportunity for you to be involved in what God is doing. So first of all, financially, you understand the, the tithe, the 10%, meaning this, if you make $100, you tithe 10 to the storehouse offering. It's obedient to what God says. Then there's offerings on top of that. That's where New Day comes in. It can be 10, 20, 30, 100% more, whatever God blesses you with. Whatever you pray about. I know some folks that are selling things that they own and they're giving 100% of those proceeds to this. You'll hear stories. Because they feel like God's work is more important than whatever stuff they have. And we'll just keep going together in this process. I want to ask you if you would to pray with me now about your involvement in what a new day will look like. Next week, this team and all the rest of them that aren't here and the and this church staff leadership will be making our pledge for three years what we're going to give just this team. We're going to model for you. We're not going to ask you to do something we're not going to do. So let's pray together as we walk into this new day. Father God, we come before you and we ask you to give us the vision, wisdom, and insight. It might even be a number that sounds crazy to us, but God, we know that's what you want us to give. It may be a possession that you want us to sell and give the proceeds. It may be something crazy like land or a home or a car or whatever. 
Lord, most importantly, let us be open-handed. Let us be seeking your will and your way and be obedient to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. After King David and the people built the new temple for the Lord, David offered a prayer, and in his prayer, he, he gives a beautiful statement, and he says to God, we praise your glorious name. And so here's just a little quick chorus that I'd like to invite you just to listen and let your heart worship to those words. We praise your glorious name. We praise your glorious name. We praise your glorious name. You are exalted forever, the Lord of all. We praise your glorious name. We praise your glorious name. We praise your glorious name. You are exalted forever, the Lord of all. We praise your glorious name. We praise your glorious name. God's people said? Amen. I want to ask you to turn your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. It's the passage that I read and then what happens right after this passage is where we're going to be as we begin our thankful conversation today. In 1 Chronicles 29, you see the the, the, the building, the, the temple is being built. David's overseeing these things and Solomon and all this work and, and the things that are going into this and all the... You, did, did, you, did you hear press wood anywhere in there? Did you hear that? I didn't hear it. I, I heard like the finest of woods, you know, and, and the finest of golds and the tons of silver and the wonderful things that God had provided his people. Are you and I that thankful to God? I mean, think about it. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, right? But let's be honest. We do hold on to some things, don't we? Is that, God, I'll give you everything, but not quite this. Not quite that. When in reality, if we have a thankful heart and we know it's all his, then it's all his. Let's see what happens after this first part of the story. Let's read from verses 10 through 13. Then David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. 
David said, May you be blessed, Lord God of our father Israel, from eternity to eternity. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the splendor and the majesty. For everything in the heavens and on earth belongs belongs to you. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom and you are exalted as head over all. Riches and honor come from you and you are the ruler of everything. Power and might are in your hand and it is your hand to make great and give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Just like the song just said. Let's pray together. Father, in the next few minutes, speak to us about our thankfulness toward you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first of all, we see that we are to bless the Lord in public. This is important because David had every opportunity just to go, thank you, God, this has been great, and turn and walk away. That's not what he did, is it? What David did was he blessed the Lord in front of everybody so that they could continue to be on the same page as they were moving in the same direction and understand this is because God blessed us. Look at what he says. Then David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. David said, may you be blessed, Lord God of our father Israel, from eternity to eternity. Part of the New Day campaign comes from the scripture in Revelation where Jesus says, I make all things new. We are a new creation in in Christ. It is no longer I that live, Paul says in Galatians, but Christ who lives in me. We are new. We are created new in Jesus Christ. This idea of a new day comes from that idea is that all of this is God's. So therefore, the first thing we do is we bless God publicly. Think about it. When you're out and about in the community, you're on the campus of your college. You're in your world. You're doing your thing. You're at your job. We always have the opportunity to bless God publicly or to turn and walk away. And I'll bet you that we've been in both situations where we've blessed God and we've told people unashamed that God is our God. We love Jesus Christ with our life and we'd love to tell you about him. We, we, or you just had a conversation with somebody about the Lord or you might have prayed in public places with them to bless the name of the Lord. And then equally, we probably had moments where we felt that tug, we felt that nudge, we felt that opportunity and we said nothing and did nothing and we turned and walked away. One of the ways that we're able to show God how thankful we are is how much we're willing to bless him publicly. We sang last week, I believe it was, or the week before, we sang the new song that Ricky taught us about gratitude. Who remembers that song? I love the line in the song, Gratitude, that says, what else is fit for a king? Like, what else do I have that is fit for a king? What else do I have? And, and by the way, when we say fit for a king, it's not just fit for any old king, mind you. I have this phrase that resonates in my brain sometimes, and it's that the king of the universe wants to have a Starbucks coffee with you. The king of the universe loves you so much that he's buying today. He loves you so much 
that he'll make the phone call and invite you to the thing because he wants to be with you so much. He already has. He wants to be with you every single day. He wants to be with you and permeate your life and walk with you and go with you. As a matter of fact, he wants you to follow him everywhere. He wants you to stay in his steps. We bless the Lord publicly. You ready? You can write these things down. With our actions, our attitudes, and our words. That's how we do this. So I'm not just giving you some thing that you can say, okay, we bless the Lord publicly. What does that even look like? It looks like what comes out of your mouth. Is that point blank enough, right? It looks about what we put into our brains, our thought processes, the media that we're out there in. We bless the Lord with our actions, the things we do. Why do we bless the Lord? Well, there's several reasons that are listed here. The next passage of Scripture in the first part of verse 11, it says, Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the splendor and the majesty, for everything in heavens and on earth belongs to you. That sounds like a Chris Tomlin song or something right there, doesn't it? I mean, just awesome, right? Listen to it again. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the splendor and the majesty, for everything in the heavens and on earth belongs to you. Everything belongs to the Lord. Everything belongs to the Lord. Don't forget that in your life. One of the things we talk about in a capital campaign is that it may be as simple as you giving up a soft drink once a day. Now, see, I remember soft drinks when they were 50 cents, you know, a quarter. A quarter, legit. Like, I remember that, maybe cheaper. <coughs> I got a Coke the other day at a gas station. What do you think I paid for it? Dollar twenty-five? Oh no, go up. Three dollars too much. Come on. Two dollars. It was two dollars. That was close. Two dollars and twenty-four cents. Okay, for one twenty-ounce drink. It's gonna be pretty soon. I'm gonna stop drinking those drinks. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, hey, that kind of hurt right there. If I can find $2.24 for a carbonated beverage that I know is not good for me, I hope I can find that for the Lord. Now, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty or anything else in the world. I'm just trying to show you that it's all His anyway. But sometimes we do things with His that are not so great. We make choices that don't end up well. It's all his, and everything belongs to the Lord. Be careful how you use those things. In the second part of verse 11, it says, Yours, Lord, is the kingdom, and you are exalted as head over all. So the second thing and reason we bless the Lord publicly is that the Lord is the head over all. So not only does he own everything we have, because we've said we're going to follow him. Remember, we're the doulos of the Most High God in Acts. Doulos is a, is a Greek word. It means slave or servant. And that's what we are. So it's all his. He is the head overall. What does that mean? Just what it says. He is the head overall. The head of the body makes the decisions. It's where cognitive thinking takes place. It's called the mind, right? 
We've even heard these phrases that Paul talks about, that we should have the very mind of Christ. That means this, your attitude should be the same as Christ. He is the head of all, and that's where we learn how to make decisions. We learn how to process, we learn how to think, we learn how to make decisions by watching the way Jesus did it. These things are not rocket science. You just need to hear this. It's just counterculture. It's not the way you were raised, maybe. It's not the way that your carnal nature or flesh nature thinks. That's the reason Jesus says things like, if you want to be my disciple, you're going to have to carry your cross daily. Y'all, he's literally telling us to lay ourselves, the self and die. Like, like we're going to have to lay ourselves out on the cross every day to follow him. And that's just the way it is. He's the king of the universe. Everything belongs to the Lord and the Lord is head over all. Next verse, he just keeps going on with this thought in verse 12a. Riches and honor come from you and you are the ruler of everything. The Lord is the ruler of everything. This is a big week for our country, right? We've got election day coming up on Tuesday. And I'm not going to get political, but I can tell you this. No matter what happens on Tuesday... The Lord Jesus Christ hasn't changed one bit. He is still the ruler over everything. And my Bible teaches this, and I believe it with my whole heart, that heaven and earth will pass away. All this stuff will go away. But the words of God will not. You and I, while we're breathing on this planet, we have a responsibility to shine the light of Jesus. That includes our political activity in our country. Be involved. Pray for our country and its leaders. Pray that our leadership falls in love with Jesus to the point of understanding these critical key points of life that he is the ruler of everything. Goes on in 12 to say, power and might are in your hand and it is your hand to make great and give strength to all. The Lord is all-powerful. So not only does everything belong to the Lord, the Lord is the head over all, the Lord is the ruler of everything, and the Lord is all-powerful. Let's talk about power for just a minute. Last week, we used an illustration on bearing fruit of apples and of lemons and the trees they come from. Do you remember this? And we said that an apple doesn't have to think about producing apples. And that a lemon tree doesn't, an apple tree doesn't have to think. A lemon tree doesn't have to think about producing lemons. Do you know that you don't have to think about producing fruit, bearing fruit, producing disciples? You don't. All you have to do is stay connected to the vine. Jesus says in John 15, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If that's so, then every bit of power that Jesus has, we are capable of producing in our world. Not because you are so great, don't miss it, but because you are connected to the power source. 
He's given you everything you need to shine. You've just got to stay connected. The Lord is all-powerful. And all the power that is possible comes from Him. Amen? So when you need power, the first question I'll ask you is, are you connected to the Lord? Because that's where the power comes from. At the end of this passage, it says, Now therefore, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Therefore, we give thanks to the Lord. We praise God. Look at these things again. We bless the Lord in public. Everything belongs to the Lord. The Lord is the head over all. The Lord is the ruler of everything. The Lord is all-powerful. Therefore, literally the scripture, he says that. Now, therefore, we give thanks to the Lord. We give the Lord God our thanks. We put it back on Him. It's all His anyway. And that's one of the things about salvation. We think that we've got to be good enough for God, and I've got news for you, you're never gonna be good enough for God. However, there's gonna be a day on this earth where everyone in this room, even these beautiful little babies, I love it, they're gonna take their last breath. You and I are gonna take our last breath. What happens then? Is the Lord the ruler of your life? Are you one of his? Are you not? You know because you've submitted yourself to him. You've said, God, I want to follow you, Jesus. You are my Savior and my Lord. And you bless his name. Earlier when we had the team up here talking about the New Day campaign, and I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to think that this thankful series is all about the New Day team. God just kind of worked it out to where it worked out. That there's actually a reason to thank God in this scripture, and one of the reasons is because we were able to take the things he's given us already and give back to him. Think about it. Think about what God's called you and created you for to do in your life. He's already gifted you. He's already already put you in positions. And he's got great things for you to do. I want to encourage you today to live in complete thankfulness over all that you say, think, and do so that those around you will know that you bless God alone. And that he is your God and you are his child. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come together today. We think of all the wonderful things that you've called us to do. We think of all the great things that you've called us to be. And all of those are in the circumference of being thankful to you for what you've already done and who you already are. So really, Lord, it's not about us responding to you in some amazing and mighty way today. It's really more about us just being obedient to what you've already done. Understanding that 
to whom much is given, much is required. Lord, may no one in this room listening to your words today leave and turn their back on you, but that we would be obedient to you and your call today and be thankful with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 